So show me family All the blood that I would need I don't know where I belong I don't know where I went wrong But I can write a song I belong with you You belong with me in my sweet home I belong with you You belong with me in my sweet home You see that? special welcome to the movie ladder podcast we're climbing the rungs of cinematic connections each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast i'm zach brooks and for the 188th time i'm joined by brendan fitzpatrick fly eagles fly oh look at you eagles fan i thought you were a Steelers fan i don't <laughs> I think you're allowed to do that yeah uh and for the second time third time second second, second time we're joined by john g john you could back. say it, it's deja vu all over again Oh, that yeah, is. Oh, nice. Very good. <laughs> um, yes. We were talking about an Eagles movie, so we had to have the resident Eagles fan on as we're preparing for the season. Uh, I hey, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some people listening probably know this, but uh, for a season, I think, in like the 60s, the Steelers and the Eagles joined forces, or it was earlier than that. I think it was World uh-huh. War II related. And we were the Seagulls. So, oh, that's, that's great. Oh, they need to do that more often. Just combine, te- just combine two teams like they don't have enough players. It could be like the plot of the replacements or something, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, interestingly enough, the movie that we're going to talk about, Silver Lang's Playbook, um, they, it, the film is set, I believe, in the 2008 season, um, which mm-hmm. the Steelers won the Super Bowl, the mm-hmm. Eagles ended up losing in the NFC Championship. That like really Arizona Cardinals team that like had no mm-hmm. business making it to the Super Bowl, and I remember yeah. just thinking all year, all playoffs at least, that we were going to have this like epic Pennsylvania showdown, and then Andy Reid laid an egg in the uh, NFC Championship as as he did many times that decade. Right, right. Uh, well, and speaking of my teams, the 2008 NFL season was the 0-16 season for the Lions as well. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, all right, delightful. Yeah. Lots of, lots of exciting stuff. Well, uh, last week we talked about American Hustle, and this week due to a David O. Russell connection. Didn't we come up with some fun name for that? It's Brendan, in there, yeah. It's in, the la- it's in the title connection. All right, we'll get there. Uh, we will be talking about Silver Linings Playbook and all things Philadelphia Eagles and uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Uh, then at the end of the episode, we'll decide on our next movie based on suggestions by you, the listeners, and us, your hosts. So we'll be spoiling Silver Linings Playbook if you haven't seen it. Uh, it is on Prime. That's where I watched it. Is that where you guys yep. watched it too? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Prime yeah. video. Yep. And uh, so if you haven't seen it, you can watch it there. Or if you just want to skip ahead and hear what we're going to be watching next week, timestamp is in the description of this podcast, as always. And uh, But we always suggest you pause the podcast, go watch the movie, come back and listen to the discussion, hear our takes. Um, and don't forget to submit your feedback, ratings, questions, comments at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram and the movie ladder at gmail.com. Also follow us the movie ladder on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. and that's all the that's all the fun stuff at the top. Uh, John, how have you been since we had you on last a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, Eagles went to a Super Bowl, lost in <laughs> heartbreaking fashion. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, seriously, things are good. Um, I am in my new house since we recorded. I think I uh, I uh, closed yeah. uh, right around the time that we spoke last. So feels like a while ago, but um, but time does fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, things are going well. Yeah, I'm going to try not to get distracted by uh, listeners can't see this, but John has a ceiling fan above the uh, <laughs> left side of his head. I'm going to try not to get too distracted by it. So. You know, it's, it's important <laughs> to 
it is important to make sure that you stay cool. Yeah, stay cool. Hydrate. Yeah. If it's bothering you, I will tilt like everything. No, so you're good. Uh, just, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out when you were last on. Sometime in 2011. Uh, or 2011. 2020. Oh, 2020. 2020. Oh, 10 years ago. 2021 for Deja Vu. Yeah. Where we talked about the Denzel Washington classic Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Now, now, John, what do you like more, the Philadelphia Eagles or Tony Scott, the director? Um, uh, I, Just specifying. <laughs> uh, I'd say the Eagles, but it probably is season dependent. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, there's definitely like the Dream Team infamous season, which was Andy Reid's last in, I think, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably was drowning my sorrows in some, uh, you know, uh, deja vu and uh, taking of Pelham 123s. But um but on a on an average to above average season, which is sort of where we've been for a while and project to be for a while, I think um, Eagles take the cake. Good. And you're expecting? I mean, what's, should you just get your your record prediction out of the oh way right now? Oh my god! Oh, this is I don't know. Horrible. I don't want to spoil if you're going to be on 32 fans. I don't want to spoil if you're the Eagles fan. Okay. I'm not, um, but uh, I will be trolling in the chat as the season goes, assuming nice. uh, they're as good as I think they will be. Um, you know, the schedule is a lot harder this season than it was last year. Last year, we had a pretty easy schedule this year. We're playing the chiefs and the bills and, um, the, uh, you know, the NFC East is a little bit stronger than it was. I still think we're the best team in the division. I still think we're probably the best team in the NFC, but I'll be like a little bit more cautious and say that like, (laughs) you know, I think, I think. 11 and 6 is reasonable um and if you were setting the over under at 11 i'd probably go over i think the over under is like 12 and a half um and you said 11 and 6 so you you're saying i'm, I'm like i'm just like girding myself like i'd yeah. rather just i'd rather undersell and like then then say they're going to go you know 16 and 1 and have people just jumping into my messages uh, uh, what an idiot I am! Yeah, it's better uh, to have low expectations. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the key to happiness. Although yeah. uh, I, I would say that's the opposite of the message of this film. Uh, this film is much more. Uh, think on the positive side, right? Yeah. Well, for yeah, any... like sort of just uh, not even based on reality side in a lot of cases, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. with Eagles. So. Yeah. Well, for for Pat C, any Pat seniors out there, throw some money for your restaurant on the uh, there you go. on the under. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get into all of that. All right. Well. Uh, John, when we have guests that return, which I just looked, that was episode 91. This is episode 188. So wow. just about every 90 episodes oh, or so. Okay, we'll, you we'll set our calendars. Yeah, two two years from now, a little under two years from now, we'll have you back. Uh, what is the best thing you watched? Either you could do this week or since September 2011. Or, geez, 2021. I couldn't even like keep track of everything I've seen since then. Um, I would say probably the best thing that I've seen recently um his uh thing that i got the most enjoyment out of was the video of the uh uh doc brawl in montgomery alabama which was very funny <laughs> yeah i heard about this yeah <laughs> i heard about this on another podcast yeah <laughs> i think i've seen like every angle um but no the uh, movie wise um something i've seen relatively recently uh was uh charlie wilson's war have either yeah, of you i just... watched that recently too for, oh, yeah, it's, been on the, it's been on the list a few times i've never seen it yeah so I saw it when it came out in, I think, 2007. Um, I remember really liking it at the time, but it wasn't a movie like I gave much thought to since. And um, it's just like I, I think got you know, recommended to me on Netflix. It said it was leaving Netflix soon, so I thought I'd, I'd watch it. And 
you know, the clip that they had was just this great scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, mm. you know, that guy is a pretty good actor. So, uh, yeah, I really just wanted to uh, spend some time with him and that character who's just a, a, a delight, a real, like, grouch, but mm. um, sort of uh, very motivated and uh, focused and goal-oriented, I guess you could say. Um, and so he, uh, you know, the movie is set in the 1980s and... Tom Hanks plays Charlie Wilson, who's a congressman, and um, it, it decides he wants to make sure that the Afghan fighting forces against the Russians are well-armed. Um, mm-hmm. And so he spends a lot of political capital trying to do this and works with this uh, CIA agent in the form of Philip Seymour Hoffman to do that. Um, it's a good movie. I mean, it, it, the interesting thing, and I remember at the time, a lot of the sort of talk about it was like, how's it going to nail the landing? Because the you know, postscript on that story is a little uh, awkward mm-hmm. uh, insofar as, you know, the people that we were arming ended up being, uh, you know, um, not super friendly to America uh, about 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that was, uh, you know, I, I don't know the full story. So I don't like they, they do kind of like let him get off kind of looking pretty good insofar as he talks about how like, we did this great thing and we need to make sure we sort of nail the landing. And he was seeing things that suggested that wasn't going to happen. Um, so that was sort of the way the film, not to spoil it too much, but um, uh, the film handles that. But overall, it's just it's a pretty fun film, just like the type of thing you don't see a ton of nowadays, which is just like really great and famous and beloved actors you know, kind of sinking their teeth into something that's both comedic and dramatic and interesting. So um, yeah. I enjoyed it and I'd recommend it if people haven't seen it. Yeah, no, I, I watched it just uh, was like a week or two ago. Um, and yeah, I, I had to watch it for one of the challenges that I'm doing. But the thing I came away with was like, it's like Tom Hanks doing Frank Underwood, it felt like. Um, <laughs> he's got like that accent and he's this sleazy congressman. Like it yeah. very much like House of Cards before House of Cards. And um yeah, getting to see him and Julia Roberts, Philip Seymour Hoffman on kind of all acting together a little after their primes, but like when they're still yeah. really, at the time, mm-hmm. especially Philip Seymour Hoffman, probably that is when he's in He was r- like right in the sweet spot. I mean, he yeah. won his Oscar like a year before that for Capote and, um, you know, he's kind of just riding really hot. Um, Hanks and Roberts a little bit after, but I'm um, still really good. Amy Adams is kind of on her way up. I think at mm-hmm. this point she plays his like administrative assistant um a lot of other people like in emily small... blunt shows yeah too, oh my really. God, right? i was like oh yeah. it's emily blunt <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh and uh what's the slattery from uh, mad men oh yes the boss the kind of uh jerky boss of philip seymour hoffman nice. uh, a lot of other uh, you know actors who you know were pretty prominent at that time showing up for a scene because it's a michael nichols movie and uh i think it was written by aaron sorkin um remember if it was or not my head it was. it was yeah it seems sorkin uh it is sorkin yes you're right yep shouldn't doubt it um yeah no that's a that's an interesting one i i just checked that out as well um i'll go next um only because since you brought up the montgomery uh brawl i was gonna say the best thing i watched <laughs> this week was SummerSlam because i went to SummerSlam live I was in the <laughs> oh building. right yes like, yeah uh, yeah um but that's not actually the best thing I watched. But it was fun. It was I, I hadn't been to a wrestling event like that in a long time uh, since I went with Brendan in like 2014, 2015. Um, no, the best thing I watched, I just lost it. Um, 
was a movie called Don't Play Us Cheap. Watch it for the Criterion Challenge. Um, just like I had so much fun watching this movie. It's a Melvin Van Peebles movie. Um, and it's a it's a stage. It's an off Broadway stage production that, I, that they made a film version of. But it's basically a film stage production. Um, and it's just like such good, soulful, like gospel music. And it was just one of those movies that as it was going, I was just like tapped my foot and I was like, I am loving this. And when it ended, I just really, really liked it. And it's a very simple premise. Like the premise is basically like there is a party going on in Harlem and the devil or a couple of devils show up and like um, haunt this party. And it was just like such a, such a it's such an interesting and um, fun. I mean, like it's, you know, not super long and I would definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a good kind of time capsule of the 70s when it came out too. kind of reminded me of. um mm. I've never seen the Jeffersons, but it reminded me of the Jeffersons, even though I've never actually seen that show. So, I mean, I know Brandon watched it too. For yeah, I really liked it. It was really fun. Um, yeah, it was a really easy watch. Um, really liked the performances. Definitely recommend people check it out. Yeah. Um, it was on Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the Criterion. To, and the place and to the stream s- HBO. The soundtrack is on. Um, you can listen to the music on Spotify and YouTube music yeah. and stuff too, which is pretty cool. Really cool. Um, well, I will talk about, uh, since we're talking about a movie this week that was nominated for Best Picture in 2011, uh, I'll talk about a movie that came out in 2011 but was nominated for Best Picture in 2012, the following year, and that is uh, The Artist. I finally watched The Artist. The Artist. Yeah, The Artist. And I uh, struck that Best Picture winner off of my blind spot list, finally. Um, I'll tell you what. I thought that this was 95 minutes of a fantastic movie. This was, <laughs> I really, really had a great time watching The Artist last night. Um, I think Jean Dujardin gives a really great performance. Very good. Nice. I think that the cinematography, like the black and white cinematography is fantastic. The idea of the movie is really bold, especially in 2011, 2012, when movies were bigger and louder and faster and, you know, it was really hard to make a movie like this. And, you know, I know Hollywood loves movies about movies, but I mean, I thought that this was a pretty deserving Best Picture winner against the crop of other nominees that year, which were pretty weak and probably ages better than some of the other things that could have won in 2012. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think all in all, it you know, it earned, it earned its Oscar. There is a choice the movie makes in the last two minutes of the film that i think kind of ruins like it that's the only thing i remember about the movie and i don't want to say what it is because i don't i'm sure people have seen it but you know i mean basically the movie the movie spends 95 minutes doing this really really cool premise of a movie about a silent film star and then it squanders that presence from the final two minutes premise mm. in the final two minutes and completely breaks the film at least for me, I hated it, but I still gave it four out of uh, three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. I still think it's worth people watching, um, and I think it's a I think it's a really solid movie. So there you go. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it since the theater. I should check that out again. Mm. I, I saw it when it came out in theaters, um, and the theater I went to did like a big themed kind of like 1920s or whatever cocktail uh menu and uh i had too much to drink and i fell asleep about like 20 minutes (laughs) Uh, and i watched it again like at home after it was available to rent or whatever but i couldn't get out of my head the fact that it put me to sleep um (laughs) i I probably should give it another chance sometime 
I don't remember yeah, you what you're should. referring to. I'm very curious about it. Uh, what did it beat? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, uh, I mean, it beat the help. It beat Moneyball. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Uh, yeah, yeah Tree of Life should have won. Tree of Life yeah, is probably. Agreed. Probably, but there's no way that the, Os- the, the Oscars were going to give that movie Best Picture, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, Midnight in Paris, uh, which yeah, I think oh. you guys talked about. We did a couple of And Hugo, also. Hugo, the... How quickly I forget, like, that was the connection, was the uh, Oscars between Hugo and yeah. Midnight in Paris. <laughs> yeah, Hugo and Midnight in Paris, yeah. Yes, uh, all right, well, that's that's a good start. All right, well, shall uh, shall we go one year into the future, into Silver Linings Playbook? Uh, or the past. Yes, uh, now, I didn't really know where to start. This, was this a first watch for any of us? So um, here's the thing, is that I had this marked on as watched on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. but I sat there watching this movie going... I'm not sure that I ever actually watched this movie. Because <laughs> I did not remember a whole hell of a lot of it. I certainly didn't remember that there was a dance sequence at the end. I certainly didn't remember any of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of treated it like a first watch as I was watching it. Um, wound up really enjoying it, though. Yeah. Nice. What'd you like about it? Um, I, really thought, I really thought that the um, the chemistry with Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper was there. I mean, we'll see that, you know, we'll see both of them expand chemistry with other actors, you know, in American Hustle a year later. And with David O. Russell, I thought that yep. they had really fantastic chemistry. I really liked the performances of both Robert De Niro and as the dad and the mom. Jackie uh, Weaver. Jackie Weaver, I think is fantastic. Um, who I hadn't really seen in much, but she did play one of the kids in Picnic at Hanging Rock. Which I saw. Oh wow! Uh, I didn't realize that was yeah. her. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. Kids. That's amazing. She's. I know she's yeah. Australian, right? Yeah, yeah, she's one of the kids in Picnic and Hanging Rock, and I was like, whoa. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. Um, she broke out for me in um, Animal Kingdom, which was like two years um, before this, and she was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Um, for that movie, it's it it's it's an amazing movie, and she is like the just complete polar opposite of this character. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, that's a movie like Brendan for Silver Linings Playbook. I know I saw um, Animal Kingdom and I can tell you nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think like I think last week when we were talking about American Hustle, at least one of us was like, yeah, I didn't remember anything about this movie um, uh-huh. like until I watched it. So it's it's interesting to revisit these. And I do think like, I think there's a reason why these for us, these David O. Russell movies are kind of unmemorable, like. Um, coming away, like, this movie isn't that similar to American Hustle besides the cast connections. I don't think there's a lot of thematic, uh, like, thread between them. But I think, for me, like, something about David O. Russell's storytelling, it, every, everything is, like, fine on paper, and it just, something feels off. Like watching It this feels movie, a little disposable. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. Like, this movie, and, John, I, I, I did see your letterbox score, so I, I want to let you have a chance to talk what you love about this movie. But like, there's something about it. I want to look at my letterbox score also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know if that was your. I didn't know if that was your recent letterbox score or. Uh, oh no, this is your 2013 letterbox. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Much like me in American Hustle in 2012. In 2012. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to read your. I'm going to read your 2013 review, John. You can give Ooh. us an updated review on this. All right. Uh, Good on you, uh, Loggy Movies on 2013 on Letterboxd. Way ahead of the oh, game. Oh, I was like a super user, like right when they launched. Oh, you wow. and Megan the Librarian on there. Very <laughs> early. Uh, you said, what if I could, but I don't have to say, I don't have a single bad word to say about David O. Russell's latest. The guy is firing on all cylinders with his rip-roaring rom-com. 
Bradley Cooper gives one of 2012's best performance and his Oscar nominated co-stars, Robert De Niro, Jennifer Lawrence and Jackie Weaver are tremendous as well. You'll be smiling for hours after it's done. Oh, so cute. Is it a rom-com? Let's get into this. <laughs> are you smiling for, are you still <laughs> smiling, John? Uh, I haven't stopped since 2013. <laughs> Five stars, by the way, from John. There was uh, four years in there that it was really hard to smile the whole way, but I did. I managed. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully not four more coming up. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it, so are you still are you still feeling like this is like a great rom-com and you're, um, you're just enraptured with everybody? Um, so I would say no. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, it... Um, is it a romantic comedy? I think Brendan, you mentioned, and I think it's mm-hmm. a fair question. Like it, it's both of those things separately, but I don't know if it's that thing together. Um, you know, it's it's comedic, not entirely, but it's oh, definitely that's... funny in parts. Um, it's certainly romantic. It gets a lot of laughs out of sort of the attempts at romance and sort mm-hmm. of what how romance exists between characters in the movie. But it doesn't feel like a romantic comedy. I do feel like that that's part of like what I was responding to at the time was romantic comedies were still, you know, kind of on the regular. And you mm-hmm. can go to a theater, you know, every few months and see a new romantic comedy with some famous people. And they felt very disposable. And this movie felt like kind of a breath of fresh air as a result. And I feel like maybe what's changed a little bit in 10 years is that romantic comedies are hardly ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, when one gets made, it's, and it like issues like sort of like what we think of as a romantic comedy from the nineties and the early two thousands, it feels mm-hmm. like really exciting. Um, and so something like this, which is like a little bit darker and kind of focused on other things. Like I almost wish that like they were allowed to like be a little bit looser and have more fun than kind of the characters by nature, because it's based on a book are allowed to be. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I think that's like why this hit me a little bit differently this time. It was just like more how it fits into cinema culture um, in yeah. 2012 versus in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we sort of got hung up on with American Hustle as well is American Hustle is not quite a crime movie. It's not quite a comedy. It's not quite a drama. It's not quite a heist. Mm-hmm. It's sort of all these different things that it's trying to be sort of mashed up and then thrown into a microwave and exploded, you know? And then this is sort of almost a comedy, almost a, you know, referendum on the mental health care system, almost a drama, almost a sports movie. Like, it's very, it's almost a sports movie. And then it is a, like, dance movie. (laughs) But it's it's like eight different things that it's trying to be and can't quite decide... And I think that's sort of David O. Russell's problem is that he he wants his movies to be all the things. And so therefore they feel like nothing sometimes. And I had a great time watching this movie last night. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I thought it was really, really good, but I also don't know what I'm going to take away from it or remember about it a month later. You know? Yeah, I feel like the first half, even though I knew what this movie was mm-hmm. going to be about, I just like couldn't get my bearings watching the first half of it. And I do think that it starts coming together and starts getting into a little bit more of a rhythm in the second half of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I think it's because they're like, you know, we're seeing these two broken characters that are coming together and working towards this goal. And like, I love that, 
you know, they're so excited about getting a five at the end of the movie in the yeah. dance competition. Like that, like that is like a very heartwarming yeah. moment and it's not played for comedy. I mean, it is comedic, but it's not, it's not a comedic moment. It's like, you actually feel good for them because like they worked so hard at, or like relatively hard at this um, and, mm-hmm. and had this purpose that they're working together on. And I think, you know, it is about these two people who have both lost their previous spouses for two different reasons. And so I like, the way that they kind of mirror each other and like you look at the cover of the of the po- of the movie like the poster and it's you're seeing half of each of their faces with this mm. playbook in the middle and so i do think like it's kind of two sides of a coin and two people who are dealing with loss in different ways um you know you've got pat who's dealing with loss by beating up the guy who's with his wife and mm. uh jennifer lawrence uh what is her character's name um uh, tiffany uh, tiffany yeah, thank her, you. yeah. yeah. who's who you know her reaction to like her lack of arousal with her husband like kind of convolutedly leading to his death just being that she's going to sleep with everybody um anybody that she can and like i i think that that's like a very interesting character beat um and i'm sure that that's something that's in the book and i think like a lot of in this movie the stuff that works i think probably works better in the book and um in the movie it just doesn't kind of it doesn't quite coalesce together where it, it totally makes sense to me yeah, I think that, like, you have two actors who I think are both really good in the movie, mm-hmm. but, like, their characters are just so dialed up to a 10 that nuance, like you're describing, is, like, a little bit harder to come through because mm-hmm. what you're focused on is just their facial tics, their verbal tics, like, everything that's happening with the way that David O. Russell is shooting them and the sound, and, like, it's just all so, like, dialed up that, mm-hmm. like when it tries to kind of get quieter and have a moment, like it just doesn't go all the way that, and I think it needed to periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that holds it back a little bit because I think some of the things that you're mentioning are really interesting, but the film either gets to them, but can't get out of its own way or mm-hmm. doesn't get to them at all. Yeah. I think, um, and not to, not to too much spoil my movie map, but like, I feel like worst person in the world that we watched huh, last that's year. That's what I wrote down too. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. that is another movie about broken people kind of coming yep. together and coming to grips with loss and, um, you know, and growing up and, and, yep. you know, promiscuality and stuff like it. That's just such a, it's just like all the pieces just tie together so much better in this and, mm. or in that. And, and this one, like, I do like that once it becomes like a, a sports movie about dancing, I think it's good. But then there's just like the whole scene at the, at the Eagles game where they get in the big brawl. I mean, are, like now we we I don't know like the racist Eagles fans like talk about turned up to eleven. I mean yeah. I get that I get that like that yes that could happen. But a bunch of fans walking by a tailgate and saying like smells like curry and then fighting all the guys like that's just so unrealistic to other especially Eagles if fans. they're all Eagles fans right. right. Like, that's, that's, that's that's a lot of sense. Sense. No sense. Yeah. 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 It doesn't, it doesn't. No, yeah, they definitely should have been Giants fans. Um, Yeah, they should have been Giants fans. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's the thing, that's the thing is that the, this movie is trying to, like, have its say about, like, how broken people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And, but it doesn't seem to want to actually, like, resolve the questions it's bringing up about the hurt that we inflict on others sometimes Mm -hmm. and in a positive way, like it has this positive message that it's trying for in this, everything has a silver lining, silver lining, silver lining. But I'm like, okay, but tell me what exactly your silver lining is. What is your, you're not showing me 
you're not showing me that he actually learned any of those things when he was in the mental you know the mental hospital because it for the first 20 minutes of the film it doesn't seem like he should have gotten out in the first place and you're you're sort of wondering why he was released well i don't think they ever really tell you why but his his mom signs him out early and they say this is a huge liability to sign him out before he's done um but i don't know if they ever specify why she did that Um, i guess because like technically his time was up because of the courts and but like you're like no this guy never it's a it's like a it's a failure in our mental health care system for sure mm -hmm. That yeah, just that, because somebody yeah, De Niro when he, he yeah. gets home is sort of like, uh, is this what the doctors wanted? Yeah. And and then Jackie Weaver is like, eh, no, it's, it's no, fine. It's Everything's course. fine. Yeah. He's here. Everything's fine now. You know, yeah. I think that was more of it. Anything is like, you know, just kind of mothering, you know, mm. and for her, it was getting him home and feeding him and, you know, all this stuff. This is that's very Italian. I can say mm. Gilpatrick mm. is my last name, but Mancuso is my mom's maiden name. So <laughs> I know all about this. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, much easier to spell Gilpatrick, I'm sure, than Mancuso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I think I think, that you know, if they would have had more development of the i mean we do get the pat senior character like he has this gambling addiction and is trying to buy a restaurant and that's like and so i was like thinking about the bear a lot watching this too i was like oh like this a a family restaurant also the fact that his name is pat and obviously like pats and gino's are the two (laughs) like the two um cheesesteak places in philly so like i feel like that was very intentional but you know uh um pat's mom dolores who i don't even know if we ever hear her name i just I just saw her name on the cast list. Like the Jackie Weaver character. I think if it was that she was, she wanted to just be like, everything is fine. I'm bringing him home. We want like normalcy. We want Mm -hmm. like, but I don't know if we ever really get that. We, I I get that she's like cooking and stuff like that. And like, I love the scene where she's showing Chris Tucker's character, like the rolled, the rolled steak. Like there's stuff in this that gets me excited for fall and for football season and tailgating. Like there's a scene where they're driving and there's the fall colors and they're going to the game. And I'm like, Oh man, we're we're so close to that time of the year. Like that's yeah. very exciting. It's like a, a great time to to yeah. to do this movie. Um, but I just wish we got like like why I, I don't think we really get a why of anything that's happening in this outside of um why Tiffany sleeps with people. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only that's the only ex- explanation we get of like why anything's happening. Yeah, um, I think that that's totally fair. And that is maybe the the David O. Russell problem. Um yes, right. where you just have a lot of like excitement from getting to, from point A to point B to point C. And then even reflecting on it afterwards, like that was a lot of fun. And then just yeah. kind of the further away you get from it, the more you remember that it's like, you forget details, you forget motivations. You sort of just yeah. kind of observe that it was a little empty calorie. Yeah. And I think that's basically what we said. I think last week with American Hustle, yeah. we were like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is like popcorn. Like, it's, it's like it's very fun to watch, but there was no substance behind it. And I think that's yeah. I think that is like the the same problem I have with this movie. Like, I enjoyed it. I, f- I felt good at the end. Like, it reminded me of a lot of other movies. And like, I do really love the dance performance. And then I feel like the, the, the last I scene. I really love the I really love the big move where oh, she, like, she gets stuck on his shoulder with her, yes. like crotch in his face. And, and like they just have everybody's facial reactions. Yeah. Really funny. Yes. Do we so, ever, do we ever find out why Tiffany wants to do this dance competition? And I was I wasn't sure if I missed that. Like, was there a reason that she wanted to do this so badly? I don't know. I mean, it's I just like what. Yeah. 
Because I know that she never had like a partner to do it with. And that was like an issue. Like she always wanted to do it. And every year she skipped it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think they ever really explained like why that was something that was so important to her. Mm hmm. Right. Because I mean, I and like I, I like that we get the situation where where Pat Jr. is he goes to, he's like, I can I can do both. I can go to the Eagles game and I can go and practice dancing. Yeah. Like, I, I think like that's showing how he's he's split between kind of what he feels I mean, like his dad feels that he has to be at the game because he's the good luck charm, which is mm. um, I don't know, as a sports fan, I totally get that. Like, oh, I need to like wear this certain jersey or I need to. I'm not quite. Right. As the handkerchief as, and the remotes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't quite have the, the remotes. And, you know, it's like you have that many remotes anymore anyways. But like, I don't have them all turned um, or anything like that. But I do understand that, like, oh, I need to like watch this at this place or I need to be with these per- these people watch the game because like there's, you know, some sort of karma. Um you know, and I guess I guess that we're showing him as like this OCD character who's um, yeah. kind of ramped up. Yeah, but I really love the subversion of that. Like and that entire theory that Pat is the Pat is the good luck charm in that like, you know, climactic scene in the living room after they get back from the fight at the Giants game, like Tiffany comes in and she's all like you skip practice, you missed out on our commitment, and oh, by the way, you know, oh, so you're Pat, you're his dad, here's where he was. He was with me when the Eagles won. He was with me when the freaking Phillies won. He was with me when the Sixers won. This, 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 and she, like, runs down this whole list of right. times that Philly sports won while the two of them were together, so maybe he's actually, his good luck is being with me, and, like, I, so I thought that that scene and that specific performance of that scene with Jennifer Lawrence was like the best moment in the movie. Uh, so I thought she is very good in that scene. And I, I think in general, she is really yeah. good in this movie. Yeah. I thought that scene was ridiculous because like, there's no way that she re- remembers like every game. And she's just this like mega genius with this great memory of every Eagles game and every yeah. Sixers game. And I'm like, I don't know. I just felt a little. Um, if it was all in the last two months, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But wasn't she like listing off but scores? But she's very much like, there is no football in this room. Football is stupid, you know. That's but true. Then she, yeah. yeah. She doesn't why would she sport. know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it was very, like, written, you know. It, it was, was very written. written. Yeah, Not, yeah. But the whole movie kind of go, is like that. So it didn't bother me so much. Yeah. I did enjoy Robert De Niro in that scene, I think, more. Because I just liked his reactions. Yeah. Where he, like, wanted nothing to do with, like, this, you know, quote-unquote crazy person. And then she, like, knows all this stuff. And he's like... I I like, her like her a little bit. Yeah. She might be making some good points here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this woman, uh, you know, Tiffany, like, she's she's great, but she's got like Alex Chester memory of like every game <laughs> that's ever happened. She has a spread, she has a secret spreadsheet obsession. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Um, and it just felt like I don't know if it's Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but that's all I could think of was like I Manic Pixie right. Dream Girl. Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I do like I, I really like her in this. I think this is yeah. You know, I don't know if this is my favorite thing she's ever been in, but I think she gives a great performance. Um, I think my other problem is like Bradley Cooper is too pretty for this role. I think he needs he to has be that like scar over his nose the entire freaking true. time. I kept thinking of that. Like yeah, but his I like, was like I was gonna say the opposite. Like they unprettified. I thought they unprettied him too pretty well. Oh yeah. really? I don't know. I think yeah. his eyes are too as good pretty. as you could. Yeah, He's such a perfect man. Yeah. He's yeah. just like looking into his dreamy eyes. Like, yeah, no, I, I the whole movie, I'm like, this guy, like, he needs to be like more scrubbed up. And I, um, you know, I like Chris Tucker when he shows up too. Yeah, like, it's for sure. I, old Chris Tucker show any, like, he, you know, 
he's even older now when he showed up in air, but it's like, I do really like Chris Tucker showing up in these roles. Like he's no longer like the young spry skinny Chris Tucker. He's like, yeah. he's puffed up a little bit and it's, um, you know, he showed up in this. I don't think he'd been in anything for a while. Yeah. Um, I can't, I couldn't think of anything, but it, I really liked him in this movie too. I think for a mm-hmm. few reasons. One is that you mentioned how the film, the movie doesn't really have a great rhythm for the first half, but it kind of falls into one in the second half. I think he's a part of that because like you start to get him like, showing up at events and functions and people in this kind of world. Um, and then he gets taken away time because he wasn't supposed to be there. But I just liked how, um, you know, every 15 to 20 mm-hmm. minutes is like, oh, like Danny's back. Hey, Danny. Um, and I thought that was all pretty fun. Um, I also just think that, like, ultimately, you know, setting aside sort of their respective traumas, um, the movie sort of wants you to believe that like these two people are kind of quote unquote meant to be together because neither one of them like has any filter whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I think that like introducing Chris Tucker as like a third wheel is sort of perfect because if any other like sort of famous person like can be the face of this person won't ever shut up. It's Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah. I love when they're all dancing and he's like, what is it? I think he says you got to blacken up a little yeah. bit or something like, like that. What like, does that mean? It's like, you know yeah. damn well what that means. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brennan, I know you're an iPod user um, and I couldn't not think of you watching this movie yeah. and all the iPad, all the iPods in this. Absolutely love the shout out to the iPod multiple times in this movie. It's mm-hmm. a great place to score sta- story and music and your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it makes sense for the time period because this movie takes place in 2008, not 2023. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, uh, you know, what's what's the word you use for me? That's about oh, Luddite. Yes. Oh, yes. I am a I Zach likes to call me a Luddite. A Luddite and with an iPod. <laughs> yeah. It's still it's still like feels more offensive than it is when you use that word. It does sound like true. a very offensive but word. But it sounds yeah. like a really offensive word. Yeah. Um. <laughs> No, I mean you're not you're not quite a lot. I you know, I just like giving you a yeah. It's you know the thing with Brendan. I've known Brendan for now 15 years almost, yeah. and it's like since about the, since about the time that this movie came out. Yeah. yeah, a little bit before this movie. Since the time that pe- that people started getting smartphones, and right. whenever there's a new technology, Brendan always would chime in and be like, "What do I need a smartphone for? What do I need a Twitter <laughs> account for? What do I need? What do I need a smart TV for? Like these are all <laughs> things that that he said to me." And then you know, I just want a phone that's a phone and that's all I need. Right, more. Yeah. But he's still, yeah. he's still hung up. What do I need Bluetooth headphones for? Why are you Chad GPT, Brendan? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we haven't. Yeah. No, no. That, that word is banned from this podcast. Yeah. Get out of here. Podcast. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, why is Julia Stiles in this movie? Because she doesn't do anything at all. Why is she in any movie? <laughs> well, she might be in one cop on my list uh, for next week. Um, I think she's, I think she's fine. I mean, I think she sort of ran out of roles. You know, as she got older as an actress, as she aged out of sort of the, you know, Jennifer Lawrence age roles, she, you know, it's hard. It's hard for an actress, you know, who's between 35 and 55 to get good parts. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a fact of Hollywood. Like at a certain point, I'm pretty sure she was, um, you know, sort of one of these actors who like just stopped for a while and went to like Columbia or something like that. Um, and I think maybe she just would do a part here or there or just decided she didn't want to be a full time actor or actress. So um, that might have I mean, it might be partially by choice. I don't want to you know, make right. any assumptions because certainly Hollywood has been known to, you know, uh, make great use of uh, a young actress, uh, you know, up to a certain age and then decide that, you know, mm. they can be a mother or they can move on. 
Um, but that being said, I do, I'm, I'm pretty sure she was somebody who decided she wanted to go, you know, kind of further education and, and maybe just this took a back seat. I, I'm not sure what she, you know, what was, uh, you know, why she was the right person for that part or if there was stuff about that part that kind of got left on the cutting room floor, it seems yeah, like maybe. there must have been. I love John Ortiz. John Ortiz. He's one of those actors that I feel like that name sounds familiar, but I don't know what I recognize him from. Um, I mean, he's in a bunch of movies. I mean, I guess he is. He does play a character named Braga in the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. Um, Yeah, he was in, I think, the fourth one. Yeah, Yeah. fourth and sixth. Um, And he's in Ad Astra and stuff, but he's like just one of those character actors who pops up. But yeah, I think he's, Mm. he's good. I was confused by... Is his dad some like they, they mentioned somebody's dad at one point? Um, and there's also there's also the Randy character. Like, is is that guy related to to John Ortiz or is he his? I think he's just like one know? of these like neighborhood like, guys who. Yeah, he's the knows. neighborhood like bet me anything guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has like a lot of money, so he'll always take a bet just because he likes the action. But like, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of like a gadfly in everybody's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were you were gonna say something about Paul Herman last week, Zach, and I yes. said, yeah, yeah, go for and it. And I, I I was glad that I got redemption for that. So last week I I clicked on Paul Herman because Paul Herman plays the like fake lawyer at the end. Spoiler for American Hustle, yeah. he plays like the fake lawyer at the end of American Hustle. And I clicked on his filmography, and he has like the greatest filmography I've ever yeah. seen. Um, and I think it's because he must be friends with. Uh, Robert De Niro because he's in a lot of movies. Of Robert uh, De Niro, so yeah. He's two times right in Goodfellas more than uh, yes. He's so he's in Goodfellas, The Irishman, Silverline. He's played like yep. Heat, Casino, and these are all small roles. He's not in like yeah. I mean, this yeah, is probably right. one of his bigger roles is this movie American Hustle, Once Upon a Time in America, Big, The Last Temptation of Christ, Joy, Color of Money, Sleepers, Copland, Purple Rose of Cairo, Little Fockers, and then other movies, Day Trippers, like and then more movies. But that's like. He's in the movie The Fan. Oh, I did not realize. Okay. Oh, I love, I love, I love The Fan. Yeah. Um, I'm sure yeah. somebody suggested The Fan. Uh, if not, I will be. <laughs> I just put that on my list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this this guy, Paul Herman, I have, uh, so he died in 2022. And I just, I'm like, what in, this has got to be one of the greatest filmographies of any actor I've ever mm-hmm. seen. So, That's yeah, Jonathan yeah. Paul Herman. The that guy of that guy's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, even in his his like little letterbox bio that pops up, it says he was known for playing Randy in David O. Russell's Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> so yeah. that must be like it is like, the largest role he ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. That's funny. Uh, oh, he also was on The Sopranos at one point. So yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, attracts. But, yeah, no, I, I was glad that I got redemption and I could because after we got off the line last week, I messaged Brennan like immediately. I was like, oh, I totally forgot to bring up Paul Herman and I wanted to. Oh. So, um, but yeah, to go back to Julia Stiles, like she was fine in this. I just like I don't think she really did anything. I mean, you get an actress like like Julia Stiles, who's, you know, you think about like Ten Things I Hate About You and the Bourne movies and stuff. Like she's been in some big movies, and I just think she was just sort of like she could have been played by anybody. Like that that role could have been played by anybody. I almost would have rather had her play the wife. Um, Oh yeah, the random wife who shows up. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, because she's like you only really you see her like from the side a couple times, but really you just see her from behind in the shower. Um, she doesn't really. I don't even think she has any lines in this movie really. Um, No, not really. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I found that very unusual. Um, I felt like the Julia Stiles character, like you get so much of like you meet her almost instantly. Um, and then you get like probably her biggest scene, which is like the dinner where she 
introduces her sister Tiffany to Pat Jr. Um, and then I don't think you see her again until like the dance hall no. scene, um, mm-hmm. which to me was very odd. And I felt like you get so much of her character through John Ortiz um, and just sort of like how he like is struggling with his life and his family and um, having a baby. And she's just so tough on him and blah, blah, blah. Like, I felt like the movie could have been like a lot better served if you don't meet her at all until the end. And then you could probably get away with like having a really big actress come up and like having that be like a fun surprise, like little cameo. Um, but like introducing us to her and she seems like pretty normal, if a little bit, you know, kind of difficult, but you know, they're all difficult people. So she didn't seem out of place or exceptionally mean spirited. Um, but she hangs like sort of as a specter over mm. this other character who's more important in the story of the film. So I just, I found that odd. But what I, I liked about John Ortiz's character was um, he just has this like interest in Pat Jr. that nobody else really seems to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like everybody else has like an ulterior motive with him, but like he never really does. I mean, he does lean on him a little bit of, like, trying to, like, give him some confidence to, like, you know, kind of gut through his marriage and some of his other difficulties, but not in a way that feels like he's abusing any trust. And so I just appreciated that there's somebody in Pat's life. I don't know why I was, like, feeling empathetic towards him or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it's just everybody else is so sort of destructive. Like, even his mom, who loves him clearly, Mm -hmm. is, like, taking him out of therapy well before he should in a sense because she just wants to have him home because she feels better if he's home rather than at this place. Mm. Tiffany is writing him fake letters because she wants him to be a part of the dance recital, even though she cares for him. The dad is a total disaster. Mm. Um, The brother is kind of there, but he's like not super interested. And obviously like when he gets together with the brother's friends they are all kind of ganging up on him a little bit. So it just felt like there was this one character who, you know, sort of cared about Pat more for who he was and wanted to see him, I guess, reintegrate as best he can and, and kind of live his best life. And I enjoyed that about him. Yeah. Well, it's tough because he is kind of a jerk. And so it's like, he's, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. he's, he's like portraying this like self-help thing that he's going through. But at the same time, he's being like a complete asshole. Is he one of yeah. the tailgate crew? Is uh, Ronnie uh, one of the guys out tailgating with He's him? there. Yeah. 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 He has no shirt on at one point. Oh, right. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have, you ever, mean, have that... you ever gone shirtless to an Eagles game, John? <laughs> I can't say that. No. Okay. Maybe this year. Maybe when they're going for that 12th right. win, you can. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, I, I love the the uh, Dr. Patel character. Is okay, right. so yeah, I wanted to talk to you about him also. Yes. <laughs> um, I, it's funny when they were, like, it obviously is meant to be funny, but, like, when they run into each other at the tailgate, like, speaking of that tailgate, so, like, it is just, like, seeing the teacher outside of class. Like, it's, right. it, I think they even, like, they even mentioned that, and that is totally what that yeah. scene reminded me of. Um, and, you know, he's just, like, he's also a diehard uh, Eagles fan, so I think he's, he's very funny. And I recognize that actor is, um, he was the father figure on the big sick, too. He yeah. was Kamel's father on the big oh, sick. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, do we think that he is a good therapist? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, it's it's hard. Like therapy in film and TVs is always a tricky line because, like, yeah. there are definitely bad therapists in film and TV. I think that I think that a lot of what he's 
like he starts off really on the wrong foot. I mean, he intentionally plays a song from Pat that he yeah. knows triggers him mm-hmm. to see if it's going to get <laughs> a violent outburst. And yeah. then has the cops come to Pat's door and issue him a citation for freaking out about in his office and tearing the office apart. And it's like, that's your fault, Dr. Patel. That is 100% on yeah, you. He put like his staff and his other patients yep. at sort of risk in the waiting in room there. Yep. Seemed like really. Reckless. Um, and then I think, you know, you can give him a pass for the Eagles game because, you know, you bump into somebody like and oh, it yeah, sort of yeah. is what it is. But I feel like then he goes back to his house and he's kind of like a little bit more Hanging involved. Out. He should be there. He should um, not be there after the game. No, he really shouldn't be. Like, no. you know, it's one thing if you want to have like a family therapy session, but that's crossing to, a line. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and then yeah. and then he comes to the dance routine also, which just didn't feel that's, totally. Yeah. Perfect. That's also a line. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be. Therapists and patients are supposed to be a very, like, one side versus the other relationship of, like, I'm the doctor, you're the patient, we could talk, and we could be buddies inside this room, but outside of this room, there's, like, a cutoff, mm-hmm. and that's for both the doctor and the patient's benefit and their well-being. Like, there's a reason that it's separate. Fairly questionable. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, did uh did he did Pat call him Dr. Jones at one point? He did as a joke. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I wrote that down as a connection to <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. Last yep. Crusade. Good job. Yeah. Yep. Um all right. Uh anything else that we haven't touched on or do you guys want to hop over to feedback? No, not too much. Cool. All right. Um do you remember the 2008 uh Eagles season, John? Uh, I mentioned it a little bit up front. It was um the one where Eagles went to the NFC Championship game, lost to Arizona, unfortunately, yep. and Steelers ended up winning that, I thought, very good Super Bowl. Um, they, I was looking up this a little bit. So they went 9-6-1. and one. Um, They tied the Bengals, and the Bengals game was mentioned briefly in the mm. movie as they were trying to figure out, like, what the next game to bet would be. Um, they beat the Cowboys 44-6, to which I think they mentioned at the end um, when they had the yep. parlay they're dealing in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And uh, uh, the Eagles, even though they were just nine, six and one, they were like one of the top sort of analytics based teams in football that year where they mm. they played and their metrics were a lot better than what their record indicated. So, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I just what I remember the most about that was just like the disappointment of losing in the NFC championship game, because in my head, yeah. we were already in Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, who was the who was the quarterback in 08? Because that was it was for Michael Vick. That was oh, ten, right? Um, no, it wasn't. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Jackie Weaver at one point had a Kevin Kolb uh, oh God, jersey Kevin on. Yeah. yeah, which was <laughs> wild because that was like Incredible. such a specific time and place for yeah, Eagles fans. for sure. I forgot about that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, knew, I, I didn't. I did catch the Deshaun Jackson mentions, and I wrote that down. Yeah. As well. Oh, that was, was like a that was I guess his rookie season. Yeah. And that was a big plot point in the movie was just he wears this jersey to the dinner. And what do you think about the jersey? Um, so it was uh, still Donovan McNabb. He was still the starter. Okay. Um, and Cobb was the uh, was the backup there. And I think it was I think it was McNabb's last season. Um, and so Cobb was kind of like the heir apparent. And he ended up playing like a game or something like that the next yeah. following season. Yeah, well, I'm sure Tiffany would will correct yeah. you if you're wrong. So. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, all right. All right. 
uh, we can get it over into feedback. Um, I do love that they mentioned Deshaun Jackson dropping the ball before the end zone. Yeah. It's like the thing I feel like he's the most well-known known for. Known for, yeah. Because we'll he did it when he was in BC, too. The middle hands a little yeah. while later, which I yeah. think helps rehabilitate his image there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Let's see what we got feedback-wise. Um, and, oh, we'll start with Box Office Mojo, actually. So, so let's see yeah. how this movie did in the box office. It... Uh, Opened in just 16 theaters its first week, uh, and then went wide um, a couple weeks later. So is this the is this the week that it was wide, Brendan? That you that you linked to? No, uh, no, this is the first week. So uh, Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part Two was number one in the theater that week. It also came out the same week as it. Uh, Skyfall also in the theater. Lincoln, Wreck It Ralph, Argo. Um, so I don't think anything else that we've covered the week that it just went in the limited release. Um, let's see the wide release week. Yep. Um, so then the next week, then it's in more theaters and moves up to number nine that week. Um, yep. still nothing that we've covered. Twilight's still number one. Yeah. And I'm I mean, just... by going wide, it's still only bumped up to about 367 theaters, which isn't that many. Mm-mm. If you look at the movies that are around it, like it was very, very like limited release, which is a little weird for you know a movie of this like size with this cast like you would yeah, think it would have been a lighter yeah. yeah i mean i know like but, bradley cooper from the hangover it's relatively stuff, unknown but, yeah yeah but you see then the hangover movies well those were huge yeah um, and, yeah it looks like i don't know if it's like not until the following year that this movie was in more and it started because then it goes to 745 yeah. in at the end of december yeah um, once it's nominated yeah yeah and Les Mis is number three. The week that it, it nice. goes bigger, Les Mis is number three that week. So there's a there's a connection to the movie. There you go. This year. So all right, feedback time. Olin says, uh, watched several several years ago. Unlike Brendan, it left some impression and memories on yeah. me. One moment in particular where Bradley Cooper is dancing with Jennifer Lawrence's crotch pressed against his face. Yeah, well, we all <laughs> we all like that scene. Um, thought it would be an iconic image, but nah, seems to me just for whom uh, that left its mark on. Anyways, remember reasonably liking it in the moment. Most of the main actors were good, though De Niro was kind of meh. Uh, though uh, any emotional response quickly wiped out. Solid 3.5 from Olin. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um all right. What does Jim, have to say? Uh, Jim has to say Silver Linings Playbook holds up. The story is well told. It may be a little sappy at points, but the characters feel real and the sap seems earned. All of the book shout outs should be <clears throat> should lead to some good ladder rungs. Four out of five stars from Jim Crumbly. Hero of the movie is Jennifer Lawrence. While well, all of the magic major actors have good performances. Lawrence's performance sings. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And we didn't really talk about all the, yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about all the book references in this, but they definitely reference Ernest Hemingway, which made me think of uh, uh, Midnight Midnight in Paris. Paris. I had that connection. And then Lord of the Flies, which I read Lord of the Flies a couple, I reread Lord of the Flies a couple years ago. It's it's okay. Uh, Yes, there's a 60s version of Lord of the Flies and a 90s version of the Lord of the Flies. So, Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Alex O. And it was Alex O. and Stefan who were the two people who uh, yep. suggested this movie last week. Alex O. says, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this, but I remember liking it back when it was relatively new. Four out of five. Nice. And Ron says, while it, while it treads an almost cliche path of two damaged people finding recovery in each other, it just feels so earned as it goes. Earnest desper- as it goes. Earnest as it goes. Sorry. The desperation of Pat Sr. to reconnect with his son was well done. Two, four stars from Ron. Yeah. 
I think earnest is a good word to describe this. Movie. Definitely, it's, it is earnest, and I think mm-hmm. I'm thinking oh, yeah. of that last scene, which I felt it was like kind of saccharine, but I I do really love the image of Tiffany and Pat Jr. getting together at the end, when they just look happy together, like they're sitting yeah. on that chair, she's sitting on his lap, and they're kissing, and like it's just like even if that's not gonna stand for that long, that everything is gonna be like harmonious. Like it is a really nice place to end this movie mm-hmm. at. Um, and as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about like how I would have liked a little bit more of like, why is Pat Jr. Like, why was Pat Jr. a ticking time bomb, right? right. That it he was going to go nuts when he catches his wife with this guy. But like, we never really like, is it because of his father and like the way his father raised him as this crazy sports fan? Like, I think that's kind of what they never getting really happened. learned anything about what his life was like other, before the incident with right. the wife. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do feel like there's something you can explore there about like generational trauma of these like crazy sports fans and these gamble you know these like addicted gamblers and things like that um that we could have gotten into he mentioned i think in his first therapy session that he had undiagnosed bipolar disorder yeah which the impression i got was that that was not something that like came out of the incident with his wife and the other teacher but that was something that like he just was dealing with his entire life and you know for probably a variety of reasons everyone in his life kind of glossed over it Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it was because it was like hey well everybody here is a little bit you know a little bit off so it's Mm -hmm. like it didn't just stand out as much or whatever but um but that was my impression um on on sort of where he was yeah and i think the um you know the image of him running in the in the trash bag is one of those like that's one of those images that um you know, it kind of shows him being off kilter, but it's just something it's like one that's one of the images that did stick with me of like, this is the movie where Bradley Cooper runs in a trash bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah. uh, Does right, that work? Does that make you sweat more, Zach? I mean, you're uh, a runner. I'm not. I, and I'm running more lately because I'm running a half marathon in October. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, nice. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, people do it to shed weight. Like I'm thinking of Foxcatcher. Um, yeah. there's that like, oh, scene in sure, Foxcatcher yeah. where he like tapes all of the like and he's just trying to sweat everything out I, I don't know why he why he runs like that I feel like also running in a trash bag would make you very um, wind resistant or yeah, um, yeah. and on and top like, of but on top of a sweatsuit like I don't right. really get it like yeah. I understand wearing a trash bag if you're not wearing a sweatsuit but it doesn't yeah I wasn't sure like if it was because of the rain or what um, I don't know, man yeah, I think that's just so. It's a, it's well, it says it's to help him sweat, but I'm like, you were already wearing a sweat. Well, and they, yeah, they say at one point they yeah. say, oh, you you look so good, you've lost a lot of weight, but I don't feel like they said that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you looked any different. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think they they were referring to like what he was like before, before he, he went, went in, away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But which just sort of made me wonder is like, what did he look like before he went away? Right. I don't yeah, know. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and that I mean that again could be something that they could have explored. Like, yeah, maybe he was like. You know, uh, you know, maybe they could have done like a whale type thing or something. <laughs> I was just yeah. thinking about the whale. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is the whale. Oh, no. right. That's yeah. So sad. This is actually uh, a prequel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um, actually, right. I didn't All see right. that movie. I don't know how to. Oh, you didn't see that. The, the whale is a common joke on the Doughboys podcast. And so Brennan yeah. still hasn't seen it. And I think that the whale is just ruined for Brennan. It's just ruined for me. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that and meatball sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's, a, that's an important part of the whale, actually. Um, All right. Uh, I'm going to close things out with your brother. Your brother, Aaron. We didn't read Megan the Librarians yet, though. I thought you did. Okay. Nope. So- <laughs> Megan LeBrae said, I like this movie. I did not rewatch it this week, but when I saw it back in 2012, <laughs> I gave it four stars. I have not watched it since. 
think that, that sums up this movie yeah, pretty well. Very yeah, I think so too. <laughs> There's a reason why a lot of these people have not been motivated to rewatch it. Yeah. Because it's like you have good memories of it, but there's nothing that like piques your curiosity of like, oh, I wonder, like, it's, I remember that interesting plot detail or that yeah. interesting kind of performance. It's a watchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a watchable yeah, yeah. It's very, it's a very watchable movie. Yeah. It, well, it's like this, I feel like it's like a very replacement level movie. Like there's lots of other movies that are about the same level of depth. So it's like, well, why watch this when you could watch something that's equally you watch American Hustle at the same same level of depth. I think so. American Hustle is a lot worse than this movie. I do worse. think this movie was better than American Hustle. Yeah, because okay. I actually watched American Hustle like fairly recently, like I want to say this at least this calendar year. Mm-hmm. And that was another movie that I liked when it came out. I yep, didn't let, give it five stars, I don't think. I couldn't tell you what I gave it, but I didn't wasn't as high as it as was this one. But when I rewatched American Hustle, I was like, oh this I this is not a good movie at all. <laughs> um, I found it very forgettable and and not even forgettable, just kind of bad. Um, and I do find it kind of weird that like I think maybe they got the results of this movie or David O. Russell was watching it while it's being edited and his notes to like his two co-stars for the next movie is like just basically do the same thing up to it to a twenty instead of the ten um, because yeah they feel like so much more like just off the wall in American like Hustle, even than they do in this movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, your brother says, this movie has been recommended to me by quite a few people for some time. I now understand why that is. Pretty amazing when the worst of the four lead performances is Robert De Niro's. Probably my favorite Jennifer Lawrence performance. Four stars from Aaron. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yep, I... Uh... I think Robert, I don't know. I don't. I don't mind Robert De Niro's performance. I, yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I do think all four are good. I think um, the Jackie Weaver performance is good. I just wish that, I think that's the worst of the characters. I don't yep. think there's anything. Yeah. Wrong. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, Brendan. What does that give us from the listeners? Three point nine one six. Three point nine one six. All right, uh, John. What do you want to give it? Are you going to stick with your five? No, I'm definitely not sticking with five. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Still, like. Feels like it's between a three and a three and a half for me, but I'll I'll be a little bit more generous, just because I, I well because I was so high in it I guess previously I don't want to bring it down because it didn't meet sort of my expectations right. of what I remember it or what I remember of it, um, but it does feel like just something that kind of the whole doesn't equal the sum of the parts mm-hmm. that has like a lot of good elements to it you know I think all four of those performances and some of the smaller ones are all very enjoyable. Um, but just every the final package is even though I just watched it a few days ago, like there's details that I forgot about that we've <laughs> yeah. talked about. And I feel like if I think back on this, yeah, later this year, I'm gonna be like, oh, that's right, I forgot that I rewatched Silver Linings Playbook for the first time in a decade. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, just it just doesn't stand the test of time, especially well. Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of there too. Like I'm I'm between like a three and a half and a four. I was really high on this when I finished it last night. Like I mm. thought I was gonna come in here giving it like a four or four and a half. And I've sort of deflated that since last night. Like throughout the day I've sort of get a little <laughs> lower, a little lower, a little lower. And then through this conversation, like I still think this is a better movie than American Hustle, which I think I gave what did I give American Hustle last week? A three and a half. Yeah, so I gave American Hustle last week a three and a half. I do think this is better than American Hustle, but I still think that I'm going to give this a three and a half as well. Um, just because I don't think that I could give it the four. I yeah. mean, you know, four, it feels like it's just 
out of range of that four. Well, if you go by the Megan the Librarian rule that a four is a rewatchable movie. And this is and, watchable. And this is not, okay. and you said this is a watchable, then it shouldn't be a four. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, we're all in agreement, um, and I, yeah, oh. I people love when that happens. I'm also three and a half, um, and I also gave a three and a half to American Hustle last week, and I do think this is slightly better than American Hustle. Um, I just think, like, again, like, this thematically could have gotten into so much yeah. more interesting stuff about mental health and addiction, uh, sports fandom. I am curious if the book does more of that than the movie does. Yeah. Um I don't think I'd ever read the book, but um, and I've never heard anything about the book or the author of this book. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's it's fine. It's uh, it's a little less popcorn than American Hustle. I think there was a mm. little bit more to it. Uh, John, do they ever pull clips from this for Eagles games? Like, uh, you know, Michigan State games, they pull three hundred clips sometimes. Like, this is Sparta and stuff. Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I I can't recall any specific examples. I would assume that it's probably something that like popped up. You know, in 2013, uh, you know, the season after the movie came out, but um, I, it's not like in the regular rotation to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm. All right. Uh, hero of the movie. John, go ahead and start us off. Who's your hero of the movie? Could um, be anybody. So, <laughs> I think the hero, I, I sort of gave all my explanation earlier, but I think the hero of the movie is John Ortiz. Um, and his character, Ronnie, I think that he is the only one, not that like everybody is sort of there to serve Pat and his, you know, recovery, um, I guess you can say, but he is the only one who's like even really making an effort to like kind of do what seems like maybe is in his best interest and treat him like a friend normally would and, and kind of just like re-spark their relationship from what it was before he had his you know his episode um and went away and so i just felt like in terms of you know if you have like all of these kind of otherwise selfish people around i think that he was the one who exhibited something else and i appreciated that of that character and i felt like it was welcome um and and gave me more than i remembered like everything else i felt like i had a good sense on who all the other people were in the movie coming into this having seen it um previously but that was just the thing that surprised me the most in this rewatch was that character and what he had going on and how it differed from sort of everybody else in the movie i'll uh, i'll give it to jennifer lawrence she won the oscar i think it was a deserved oscar uh so yeah jennifer lawrence oh we didn't even go through the 2013 oscars anything else from the oscars that we should mention um well all four, act- 2011. all four primary actors were nominated and i don't know how many times it's happened but i feel like it's pretty rare that you get yeah. uh, a movie that has a nominee in every acting category and mm-hmm. it's best adapted screenplay best picture best director and it lost everything yeah. except best uh actress well right. and uh yeah. and the year after american hustle had the same thing john where it yep. was nominated for all the that, all the acting that, categories that hasn't won anything i think uh yeah no i think it, i think it went off for time um yeah <laughs> so argo argo was yeah, the big but... winner that year it looks like yep. um no we do have late we do have lame is uh which we talked about earlier this year so. she um famously fell going up the stairs to mm-hmm. accept the award mm. um i don't remember um, that. which felt like that was like a little bit of a, oh yeah, i do remember that therapy. actually yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't on camera, but, like, they cut to her, like, as she was, like, trying to get it up, and mm-hmm. the audience obviously had a reaction. Um, and the other thing that I remember about that year was um, yeah. the nomination ceremony um, was kind of bananas because, like, the best director category was, like, very strange that year. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole thing was Ben Affleck 
who had directed Argo, and that was the favorite to win Best Picture, and he didn't even get a, a Best Director nomination. Um, and they ended up calling, I think it was Seth MacFarlane, I think it was the year he hosted, yep. um, and they announced the last Best Director nominee, and it was Ben, but then he said Zeitlin, who was the guy mm-hmm. who directed Beast yeah. of the South Wild, and everybody was oh, like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, this was also the year of Lincoln being nominated for a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah. Les Mis, The Master. Uh, well, The Master only was nominated for Best Actor, it looks like. Uh, but yeah. Beast of the Southern Wild, that was a movie that I just did not understand why what people loved about it. Like, it was, it looked cool, but it was just one of those I was surprised that that got so much acclaim. So, it's funny you say that, because uh, I pulled up, like, my top uh, movies of 2012 list, which mm-hmm. I wrote, at the, obviously, at the time and haven't looked at since. And that was my number one movie of 2012. Wow. Um, it's a really and I don't, New Orleans movie. Like, I haven't yeah. watched it since. And I it's I feel like yeah. it's the same as this one, where it's just, like, I don't remember anything about that movie. And I have no idea why I rated it so highly. But I was very fond of it at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. let's see. My best Top 10 of 2012, I have Django Unchained as my number one, Skyfall number two, The Master, Wreck-It Ralph, and Avengers as my top five. Nice. Yeah, it's wild. This was like one of the weirdest years for movies that I can remember in terms of yeah. like what my list was at the time and what it would be now. Um, because I have like The Masters in like my top 20 movies of the decade, but I didn't even put it on my top 20 movies list of 2012 at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Master is one of those movies you have to watch a couple. I think you yeah, have to watch it a couple times to really like appreciate it. Yeah, I really like Zero Dark Thirty. It still would be really high up there for me. Uh, Looper, I still think is really good. Enjoy it yeah. at the time. Another movie we just did. Cloud, yes, right. And Cloud Atlas, um, I am very fond of um, and would rate very highly. One of my few Tom Hanks blind spots is Cloud Atlas. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out at some point. Um, all right. Did I get my... My, did you say uh, who your hero was? I don't think no, because then we got yeah. down the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, so yeah, uh, your hero of the movie is the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I mean I I also am going to give it to Jennifer Lawrence. I, I know we trying to. Oh no, Paul Herman. Paul Herman is my hero of the movie. There you um, go. This he is movie is he's most well good. known for, and this is like a lifetime achievement award for Paul Herman. Yeah, I really like him as Randy the bookie. I think he's really funny. Yeah, I think it's like funny. yeah, he's just like a, he's like a real life troll. Yeah, like, because like he comes in there wearing a giant's jacket, but he's like a he's not even a he's fan a cowboy of the giant. Fan. Yeah, right. he's a cowboy. And then he ends fan. up funding he ends up funding yeah. the restaurant, so he ends up being the yeah. hero at the end. Yeah, um, they really could make a sequel to this where it's like the bear and they're making this uh, Pat's cheesesteaks restaurant that, that <laughs> they find out that I already exists and they can't. Yeah, like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you Pat's or Gino's? Do you have a preference? Uh, I mean, most Philly people would say don't go to either. Um, yeah, hipsters. Uh, <laughs> I think I've been to Steve's or Jim's. Jim's is the one I've been yeah, to. And yeah, I like Jim. Yeah. That was good. Brendan, do you have any cheesesteak takes? I don't. Uh, trustees. trustees. I would cake. also <laughs> say that most, I mean, I don't want to say most, but I think a lot of Philly people would say, like, don't even bother with the cheesesteak. They get a roast pork sandwich. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love a roast pork. I'd, I'd still recommend Coney Dogs to people who come to Detroit. Um, mm. And But I think both Lafayette and American are both good. Most people prefer Lafayette, but I think American is fine. So... Uh, all right. Uh, one last thing. Oh, no. Sorry. Yeah. Not one last thing. Connections. Just skipping yeah. over connections. Uh, we think we covered a lot of them. I mean, are there any other connections to last week to American Hustle? I mean, not so much. Um, oh, really? It's just the actors, right? Actors, yeah. David O. Russell. Director. Yeah. Um, I mean, actors, I, director, yeah. Crew members. Year to year. Oscar. I mean, both yeah. you know, big Oscar contenders and back to back years. Um, 
Nice. All right. Uh, connections to other movies from this year. I have uh, four written down. Uh, we have Led Zeppelin in the soundtrack, which we had last uh, week in American Hustle. Yeah, I did think the needle drops in both. Um, th- this is more like um, like alt rock for the most part, yeah. but I I love that there's a song by the Alabama Shakes. Yeah, that's just one yeah. of those bands that whenever I hear them, I'm like oh, I I love the well, Alabama Shakes. Like yeah, bands. me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Twelve Monkeys was also set in around Philly, and yeah. uh, and a um a mental institution as well. Oh yeah, true. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what we have a character named Pat, and we had Patrick Bateman a couple yeah. weeks ago with America with uh, American Psycho. Yep. Um, so Pat- even though this movie is set in 2008, but it was filmed in 2011, and you can see that in the marquee of the movie theater as they're walking up to it, it's oh, Midnight in Paris. Is, Midnight in Paris is on the marquee. Ah, uh, I saw oh. Midnight, and I wondered if it was like a Midnight yeah. showing that they were doing. No, it's I was Midnight trying to Paris spot a little bit. Oh, that's cool. That's, nice a good, that's a great connection. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, and then, yeah, he's reading Ernest Hemingway, causes yeah, Doctor, Hemingway. his yeah. therapist, Dr. Jones. Um, all right, and movie map, uh, are we... All saying worst person uh, in the world. Worst yeah. person. Do you have a movie map, John, to last year that you think this connects to? Um, well, I was I went back to all four years that you have done the podcast. Whoa, um, Atlas. I I mean the worst person in the world now that you mentioned is probably the best. Um, Philadelphia Story. Yeah, was something mm-hmm. covered. I think in season two, and yeah. um, yeah, obviously the setting, but it's also you know romantic comedy adjacent um and it has this kind of like famous male female acting pair that would do a lot together um in that era and you have jennifer lawrence bradley cooper i think had three or four movies kind of around this time that they were co-stars in yeah that's good um yeah and then other times when this came up so it came up in episode 113 the big sick uh tanya suggested it um probably because of the the dr patel actor um and then episode 139, Little Giants, I suggested it. Um, I think that it was like... Giants, uh, Eagles. Yeah, NFC East connected. I was like, yeah, we yeah, have, the, we have the, Eagle, the Giants and the Cowboys. We need the You Eagles. could do like Midnight Cowboy after that or something like uh, that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, or, uh, I mean, really, we would need something with like Redskin in the title if we wanted Ooh. to hit all four. Commander now. Master and Commander. Yeah, Master Commander. Yeah, we could do Master Commander. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, I think that's better. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and then last week, American Hustle, as I said, that was it was suggested by both Alex O and Stefan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, one last thing. Now we can do our one last thing. Yeah. Oh, title so, connection. T- sorry. Uh, yeah. I skipped title connection. David a ladder rung. Was what David we'll a ladder rung. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, it's fine. fine. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, start one, I'll start with one. I'll start with one last thing. Um, my one last thing. Uh, so. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence was not initially cast in the role of Tiffany. Uh, it was actually initially offered and accepted by Anne Hathaway, but due to some production conflicts as well as co- conflicts which she she had with David O. Russell over the script, um, she quit. So okay. she quit. She quit. Actors having conflict with David O. Russell. Yeah. So, but it was initially, um, so we would have gotten, we would have gotten Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway before the intern. Oh, the intern, right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, maybe. Okay. I forgot that they're, people say the intern is really good, actually. Yeah, I've never Um, seen it. The intern is pretty good. Yeah. Um, That's one of those, I think people are like, it's better than you would think. Um, Man, I came into this with not that many movies for next week, and I've added so many movies to to my suggestions list for next week. Uh, Nice. nice. Uh, John, do you have one last thing? I don't. Okay, that's fine. Um, I wrote one down when we were talking about it. Oh, the kid photos. I really like that they get the kid photos of mm. Bradley Cooper and Shea Wiggum 
uh, they're like fixing them at the end on the stairs. And it like it clearly is their old like school pictures because it's them. They're not even kid photos. They're adults. No, but they're like it's like teenager photos. I feel like. If they were, they almost like looked like they were like sort of airbrushed or something yeah, because they like they were looked so alien. But um, I, I, I think I the whole thing was that like they had taken Bradley Cooper's off the wall, down, yeah. uh, and oh, so yeah. that when he came home, he noticed that it was like on the floor, or on the shelf, or whatever. Yeah, there. it was on the shelf. Um, they hadn't gone that, to like, at the end yet. of the movie. They yeah. felt like, oh, we'll put him back on the wall, which yeah. Yeah. Um, seems a little harsh, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? All right, one, one, one more thing, blast thing is that I love that they they riff off the dance uh, from Singing in the Rain, and they show the clip from Singing yep. in the Rain. Um, Good job. Yeah, and I, I I'm sure that'll probably come up in suggestions, but I wanted to make sure if it doesn't that we mention the the Singing, Singing in the Rain in the reference. Rain. I don't know if there were any other like any of the other dances were references to other movies. Um, nothing that I like. I don't. I didn't notice. You know, wasn't really Dirty Dancing. Like he does lift her, but not quite. Yeah. They have the Stevie Wonder song in the beginning. It was like the first track they they danced to. And then well, not uh, my fell in love with a girl. Anymore. Yeah. Right. It was uh, Don't You Worry About a Thing. I kind of thought that they would bring back the wedding song to like prove that he had gotten over the hump. Like, yeah. I thought that that was going to be yeah. the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that would have made more sense. Um, and even have that like be the last song that they cl- they close yeah. out with. Yeah. Uh, the rock song was "Fell in Love with a Girl" by the White Stripes. Yes. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So Detroit White Stripes. So, all right. Well, uh, move on to next week and yeah. see what we're gonna be watching next week. So we've got suggestions in from the listeners and us, your host. So we will pick uh, the movie who we're we'll watching next week. Once you do, send us your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, the Movie Ladder gmail.com. And send us your score, next movie suggestions, connections, all that good stuff. All right. Owen kicks us off, and he has One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, People Looking to Overcome Mental Health Issues, Black Swan, A Dancer Tries to Cope with Some Mental Health Issues. I think there's probably loss, like dealing with loss in the Black Swan. I don't That's one I saw in theaters, and I don't remember a ton of it. Um, So we just have like three movies in a row where where one of us doesn't remember a lot of it, but we saw it. Um, And The Fan from 1996. Uh, Robert yes. Ma- Robert Maniero is what Owen says. Very, very <laughs> cute. Uh, is a big sports fan that causes him psychological issues. Co-stars Wesley Snipes, directed by Tony Scott, and then also yep. Paul Herman is in it, which uh, I added that part. Makes sense. But yes, yeah. The Fan was one of those movies that I added to my list as we were talking, and Owen already had me taken care of. Have you ever seen The Fan, either of you? Yes, a lot. I love yeah. it. I, I love that. I, I don't think I've seen I it. I saw it in theaters. I don't remember yeah. seeing it in theaters oh, wow. six. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it since I was like I, I saw it on VHS from it's the video store a lot. The the best is that the VHS is one side is like um Robert De Niro with like binoculars on and you can see yeah. the reflection of Wesley Snipes. And the other is Wesley Snipes with like nineties baseball sunglasses and you can see the reflection <laughs> of Robert De Niro. Like it's oh, one that's of the, really cool. One of the greatest uh movie cases ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Jim has Tiffany gives a great synopsis of Lord of the Flies. So why not watch Peter Brooks 1963 version next week? Or if isolated boys killing each other on an island after an apocalypse isn't your speed. How about watching <laughs> isolated girls and boys kill each other after an apocalypse and Jennifer Lawrence's other big 2012 movie, The Hunger Games? Yep. Never mm. seen a Hunger Game. Oh, I read all the books and I never saw the very last Hunger Games. I think the 2012 one is one of the sequels, though. I'm pretty sure. No, that's the, I think it's the first one. Really? It was that late that the that they came out? Pretty sure, because she did Winter's Bone in 2010. Oh, that's that right. That was like yeah. the movie that, like, you know, sort yeah. of, they're like, oh, hey, she could do Hunger Games. 
Yep. Um, so yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have doubted Jim. Yep. 2012 was the first Hunger Games. Okay. Yeah. So I watched all but Mockingjay Part 2. I never watched wow. Mocking, I watched Mockingjay Part 1. Um, and there, I mean, like the books were actually really good reads and there's a prequel coming out. Yeah, this year or next year. Yeah. So might be a good time to do the Hunger Games. Yeah. And especially because Brendan's never seen it. Uh, Alex O says, no, based only on a precious metal name link, Golden Eye or Goldfinger. Well, <laughs> I, I have done all the Bond movies already on a gold. podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. On for your ears only. So, uh, but I mean, you know, can't say we can't ever go back to it. Uh, another movie with climactic dance scene, Footloose. Good one. Yep. Um, Ron has Joy. Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro, <laughs> and David O'Russell reunite. Yes. David O'Russell <laughs> just uses all the, he just remixes all the same actors in all these movies. Uh, um, was that sigh because you don't like Joy? Um, I watched it on a plane. Um, I remember not being super fond of it, but like I, I try not to judge plane movies too harshly. Yeah. I feel uh, like that's a terrible setting to watch. Like it's got to be like a slow family drama. And I, it was one of those movies that was just like, I was like, I'm never going to watch this otherwise. So I'll just like try to muddle through it now. And yeah. That's sort of what I did. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, next one, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Mental Health in a Different Time Period. Yep. And Uncut Gems, High Stakes Gambling. Yep. Um, yeah. Definitely in, that unhinged character as well in sure. Uncut Gems. Um, Megan Librarian, my only suggestion is Grease because it involves a dance contest and football. There you go. What is, is there football? Is they there throwing is. football he, at the beginning? No, he tries to, he tries to join the football team to impress her. Oh, he, like, okay. try, Danny tries all the different sports to try to... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then my brother sent in Ordinary People, Family Drama with Mental Health. <laughs> I just watched Ordinary People, like, yeah. two weeks ago. But um, also, like, you know, uh, good therapy good therapy scenes in that movie as well. Yeah. Judd Hirsch, I think, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Yes, and he, he was, was nominated Hirsch. or won. He might have won. I think he was nominated. Yes. Timothy Hutton won. He was the son. Yep. I yep. think. Yep. I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. another movie that had a bunch of nominations, too. I think it's like a... Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Oh, God, her characters. Oh, my gosh. Very, very bad in that movie. Uh, and then his other one is Under the Silver Lake. The word silver is in the title, and it would be a fun podcast. I never saw that movie, uh, but I was always curious about it. Yeah. It's um, one of those, like, uh, neo-noir detective. Yeah. Like, it's very much like Hollywood, like mall yeah. mm-hmm. really like Under the Silver Lake. Yeah. When I was in L.A., I was like, I should go check out Silver Lake. And so I went up to so because I'd watched this movie, and I went, and it's like, it's just like a pit. And it's, <laughs> it's like a neighborhood. It's not, there's not a lake. I mean, it's LA. So there's not like a lake. Um, yeah. And there's like really nothing around Silver Lake. It's, it's interesting that they, they titled the movie after it. Yeah. Well. All right. Um, that's what we got from the listeners. John, you get to lead us off with your uh, your suggestions. Um, well, I had a couple that already came up. Uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest was on my list. Uh, Black Swan also on my list for the reasons that others mentioned. Um, probably one of my cleaner connections is, uh, Mother, the Darren Aronofsky movie. Yeah, it's Brennan's ever seen Another Darren Aronofsky movie. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I think came out in 2017, Jennifer Lawrence on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Um, I love that movie. Uh, me too. Yeah, so I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, a couple others. I mean, you can do any number of Philadelphia set movies. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably the best match would be Invincible, which is the uh, movie where Mark Wahlberg is uh, Vince Papali. He uh, tries out and joins and is uh, led on to the Eagles. Yep. Um, whatever. It was on my list as well. Yeah. Um, a movie called Two for the Money. Um, I'm not yep. sure if you. Oh, okay, so you have this. So, uh, what I wrote was sports betting with 
2000s heartthrob and 1970s icon because yeah. you have this like Matthew it's McConaughey and McConaughey Al Pacino, and Pacino pairing, yeah, which feels very Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and then another one, um, it's kind of a funny story. I think that movie came out in 2010 um, and it's based on a novel about two people who fall in love while they're scrolling. It's kind of a funny story. Mental mm-hmm. health issues um, in a yeah, mental health facility. So, um, oh, and one of the stars of The Hangover is in it, Zach Galifianakis. Ah, gotcha. oh. nice. I've never heard of that movie, actually. Yeah, I, I saw it when it came out, and it didn't leave a strong impression, but it felt like there was enough connective tissue to, to bring mm-hmm. it up, at least. Nice. Cool. So those four, anything else? Uh, that's what I got. Cool, cool. All, All right. right, I get to go next. Uh, let's see which ones I want to do. Um, Bradley Cooper is a real jerk. Uh, I'm going to go with... Bart, the movie oh, where, yeah. yeah, uh, haven't seen it. What to? It's been on my list forever. I know it's supposedly not very good. Um, let's see, what else do I want to go with? Uh, what is that movie uh, called? Bart. 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 B-U-R-N-T. Oh, Bart. Okay. Doesn't he play uh, what's his name? The the Kitchen Confidential Parts Unknown guy. Yeah. Anthony Bourdain. It's supposed to be a Bourdain knockoff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, interesting. Um, I'm gonna go with a guy who is sent to therapy after a violent incident. Uh, Good Will Hunting. Ah, uh, yeah. I was thinking about that with the therapy scenes. Uh, I feel like all therapy scenes are compared against Good Will Hunting, though. Yeah. Uh, I will go with Grapes of Wrath, the John Ford 1940s. Uh, uh, comes up in the movie and would be oh, okay. a really good connection thematically. Oh, okay. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, movie set in Philadelphia, it's a sports movie, it's an underdog story, guy running through the streets in gray sweatpants all the damn yep. time. Rock was on my list. Yeah. Uh, do I want to do one more? Five. Because um, I have a lot on my list. I'll do one more. Uh, um, Bo's Afraid. I'll do Bo's Afraid. Uh, my understanding is that is somebody struggling with a mental health crisis. I haven't seen it. Um, is that movie streaming yet? I thought it was I think you can rentable rent it. at least. Yeah, it's rentable at least. So, Bo's Afraid is going to be nice. Yep. So, there you go. And I still haven't seen it, so I want to. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. I've heard it's very good. Um, man, I have so many on my list. All right, so I'm going to start us off with Jackie Brown. Um, nice. Been on my rewatch list for a long time. Chris Tucker and Robert De Niro, both in Jackie Brown. That's my favorite Tarantino movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who he plays, but yes, he is. I mean, I could look it up, but he is listed as as being in that movie. Um, The next movie on my list, uh, the the catchphrase that Bradley Cooper's character in Silverado's playbook says a lot is Excelsior. And Guardians 3 just came to Disney Plus this week. Um, So we could revisit Guardians 3 after my number one movie of the year so far. Guardians uh-huh. 3. I really liked it. It's not even a Stanley novel, though. Uh, but it's still Marvel. Sure. Yeah, close enough. Um, a Philly sports movie uh, with an actor who sometimes plays unhinged characters. This came up last week. Jim suggested it's Hustle. Yep. The Adam Sandler. He's like a sports oh, agent yeah. or something. Yep. Yeah, but it takes yeah, place yeah. in... It came up on a list of Philly sports movies, so... Okay. Um, uh, Julia Stiles in a movie about dancing. Save the Last Dance. Ooh, okay. I'm shocked that didn't come up for anybody else. Um, and I also thought about 10 things I hate about you in that spot as well, but, um, I'm 
let's say the last dance. I was thinking about that a lot with the dance contest. And then uh, this one just got added to my list. Uh, Brennan, you said the casting what ifs of Rachel McAdams or not Rachel McAdams. Uh, uh, Anne, Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, I kind of gave away the name of the movie Anne Hathaway playing uh, almost played this role. This movie came out in 2008, which is when this movie takes place. That's mm-hmm. Rachel getting married. It's also about uh, like, uh, she just gets out of a facility, family drama. Yeah. yeah. Great uh, call. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then I have a bunch of movies on my on my honorable mentions list as well. I have Same. Not Okay, um, Singing in the Rain, which I brought up earlier, the Singing in the Rain uh, mentions. Uh, Five-Year Engagement and Animal Kingdom, I added both of those for Jackie Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You for Julia Stiles, Rudy for the football. And then uh, this doesn't come out to streaming yet, but I would have put it on my list, the new um, the new Jennifer Lawrence uh, comedy from yep. the guys who do Good Boys, No Hard yeah, Feelings. Yeah. But it doesn't – It's coming out on august 15th but it's just i think it's just, just like it, yeah. on demand vod yeah so we would have missed yeah, it premium rental yeah yeah so i just I, but i i love good boys so i'm excited to check that movie out at some point uh nick and nora's infinite mm-hmm. playlist uh analyze that uh mm-hmm. big Fair fan is what i mentioned to you last night zach oh yeah big fan. fan you should put that big fan list. pat norton walt plays a uh obsessive new york giants fan yeah who hates the eagles yeah yeah hates the eagles Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare Alley, The Hangover, Philadelphia. Uh, I wrote a lot of things down, but yeah. Big, you should have put Big Fan on your list. That's a good, that's a very good connection to this movie, Brennan. Yes. Better than I was afraid or a great giraffe. Nah, I don't want to, I don't want to rewatch Big Fan. <laughs> it's great. I just remember there's a scene where he's like, do something and like he's peeing at some point, peeing on somebody or something. Yeah, uh, Michael Rapp. all over Michael Rappaport. It's yeah. kidding. Yeah. I mean, Actually, that Michael Rappaport it. probably deserved it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Out of time to watch it. All right. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. So we got uh, one floor of the cuckoo's nest, Black Swan, The Fan, Lord of the Flies, Hunger Games, Goldfinger, Golden Eye, Footloose, Joy, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Uncut Gems, Grease, Ordinary People, Under the Silver Lake, Mother, Invincible, Two for the Money, It's Kind of a Funny Story, Burnt. Goodwill Hunting, The Grapes of Wrath, Rocky, Bo is Afraid, Jackie Brown, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Hustle, Save the Last Dance, and Rachel Getting Married. Zach gets to go first. Okay. And John, just a reminder, you can pick anything that is not your own pick. Um, yep. Are we doing just one each, just to do a final three? Or do we, should yeah, we, there's so many good ones, funny. I almost think we yeah, can do two. Tough. All right. Um, well, you said I, you wanted to get out of here sooner. So. Well, at this point, it doesn't matter. Um... <laughs> I kind of want to take the uh, the fan since you didn't put big fan, um, but I just want to make like obsessed fan Robert De Niro playing an obsessed fan. I and we have John on, so I feel like picking a Tony Scott movie makes sense. Um, all right, so it is rentable. Um, okay, all right, the, the fan. fan. I'll, I'll I'll take the fan. I, right. I'm curious uh, if this movie I'll holds go. up from like what my memory of it. Oh, was it definitely does not. I'm sure it does not. I'm sure <laughs> oh, it's got I don't it. know what your memory is, but I think it still rules. But. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I feel like the fan, Nick of Time, like there was a oh, whole yeah, series of like 90s action movies that my brother and I would rent like all the time and those are both ones. Uh, um, I'll, I'll go with Uncut Gems. Let's rewatch it and see if I appreciate it more. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so stressful. Yeah. Um, a movie I did not appreciate when I saw it in the theater. Maybe I'll appreciate it more on a second watch. Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, but I think it's a good connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson to Kevin Garnett. Um, oh, man. Philly, Philly to Boston sports. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, John, you get to pick one now. If you need any um, refreshers. I think, 
One of my favorites was uh, uh, Rachel Getting Married. I love that movie. The surprise I didn't know about, but uh, but family slash getting out of a you know a health facility kind of kind of fit and um, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's terrific, and I think a lot of people should more people should know about that movie and love it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really great. And yeah, I remember seeing it back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah. A little bit when you were saying you liked about it, that's okay because then you're not spoiling it. So, yep. uh, okay, sorry, yeah, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, all right, so what are our final three, Brennan? Uh, the fan, uh, so yeah, the fan, uncut gems, and Rachel getting married. Uh, I feel like these are all going to be tougher ones to find. Uh, the fan is rentable, yep. um, uncut gems, rentable, and also on Showtime. Nice. Um, oh, it does say Paramount Plus, actually. Um, okay, great. But it says I, I think it's this Paramount. I think this is the Showtime Paramount Plus because yeah, um, yeah. Well, I've already so paid for that upgrade. So. There you go. So you've got that. Um, and then Rachel getting married. I think that's always on Amazon Prime. I'm supposed yeah. to having you guess these, but um, that's or also Netflix. rentable. Netflix. So people are going to be showing us some money or going to the library yeah. no matter what we pick for next week. Yeah. What do you uh, want to do? I mean, it's it is still baseball season. It's not yet basketball season. It is not. Um, is it wedding season? It's always wedding season. I mean, it's always uh, yeah. season here, so, you know. Yeah. Well, so, the um, I, I'm leaning, be- I don't know, I could do any of the three of these. I sort of think the uh, the fan would be fun. Um, okay. I mean, it's like an unhinged, unhinged sports fanatic. True. Um, and it's Robert De Niro. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I don't know. If you're not excited about it, we could do something else. I'm not excited about it at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. Um, okay, that's fine. But if you uh, want to do the fan, we can do the fan. Okay, well then, uh, uh, or Rachel getting married, I think it's like, you know, we're going back to 2008, Anne Hathaway, so there's like some fun connections. Like family drama. Um, when was the last time you saw Rachel getting married, Brendan? When it, when it came out, when I saw it in the theater, yeah. Oh. Well, I feel like it might be a good time to revisit it. That was right, almost that was 15 years ago. Yeah, it was 15 years ago. You want to do that then? Mm-hmm. Ten issues. Yeah. We're returning home after 10 years. Um, Maybe we could get one of our uh, That's Where At correspondents on. That or my brother is getting married. Um, oh, man. Maybe we could get months. his fiancée. We could get the two of them on. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of about a disaster of a wedding, so I don't oh, know no. if they would want that. I mean, at times it's disastrous. Um but we could invite them. That could be kind of fun. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's okay. see I think you'll have a really good discussion about this movie. We'll yeah. And I think that you're also going to have a lot of like fun avenues to go off yeah. after watching it. Yeah. For sure. Um, speaking of the Avengers, Sebastian Stan is in Rachel Getting Married. I do not remember uh-huh. him being nice. in it. I don't remember that either. Yeah, he's wow. third build in this. Um, he plays Walter. I don't, know, I don't remember who he is. Um, oh, I think he's like her friend that she make that she her rehab friend or something we'll find out no, next she, week. yeah that guy is somebody else and he like has not done anything and i was always surprised <laughs> oh, yeah that he's good um yeah interesting okay yeah and i don't remember where this jonathan demi movie too so jonathan yeah. demi's always got some good filmography so yep. yeah all right rachel getting married next week uh on the podcast uh it is just rentable but it's a you save 50 cents if you watch on amazon it's 359 on amazon hey, there you go. uh and it's always free or local library too that's a great spot to look for these yeah that's right sure um all right rachel getting married coming up next week um all right so we like to end things john with uh best thing we're looking forward to watching um for us it's in the next week but for you it's just in general um anything you're looking forward to watching um 
I would say short term, um, August is tough uh, for new releases, um, but I am like kind of curious about, I think it's called Shortcomings. Is that the new movie uh, by Randall Park? Um, I've seen some like trailers for it and I, it looked interesting. I'm, I'm, it's playing in limited release right now, but I'm hoping they expand it because I'd like to see that longer term super excited for killers of flower moon yeah. um brennan just finished the book i just finished the oh, book nice. like two days ago i freaking loved it i devoured it it was so yeah good. it's so good um i just it looks just awesome it's gonna be um, good yeah i think that and then the fincher uh movie the i think it's called the, the killer, killer yeah are like yes. my two like most anticipated yeah. for the rest of the, the year, rest of the year yeah. so i'm looking forward to those and i'm looking forward to football season the eagles yeah, man. And, yeah there you go uh, mm-hmm. 11 wins so Yep. Uh, how about you? Uh, yeah, uh, a couple of things. I'm I'm uh, film scouting is doing their uh, current marathon on uh, African cinema, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a whole list going now of films I'm excited to catch up with. Uh, last week they did Cairo Station. This week they're doing Black Girl, both of which were on my list from Criterion anyway. So I'm really excited to get to those and fill in some of my world map. Uh, in some blind spots for me, which is which is fun. Um, other than that, uh, really not too much. We're only about a, uh, we're two weeks away from Ahsoka, which is coming oh, to this plus on August twenty third. Next week, Mike Rich and I will have a Ahsoka preview pod before the first episode. We just released our uh, Star Wars Rebels Season 4 recap this morning. Had a really great time on that on the road to Ahsoka. So other than that, you know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. John, are you, uh, I know you've checked out on MCU. Are you Star Wars at all, or you checked out on that too? Um, I mean, I'll I'll recheck in when they um, uh, start yeah. releasing movies again, but I never really got into any of the Disney Star- Plus series for Star Wars. So, I will say Guardians Three is very good in terms of uh, MCU movies. I think it's. I think I'll check it out because I did. Doing. I did like. I actually liked both previous Guardians movies, and I just I really like any of the Marvel movies that are self-contained. Yeah, and it's a nice ending for the. Like, yeah, it's a, they do a very good job concluding those characters. Cool. Um, yeah, for me, I don't know what I. So I, my brother signed up on my Amazon account for a free trial of Mubi. Because he wanted to watch something on there, and so I know Decision to Leave is on movie, so I think I'm going to try to watch mm. Decision to Leave uh, before that free trial expires on Monday. Uh, and watching one that you watched, The Ballad of Nariyama, Brendan, you watched? Oh that yeah, it's very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah well, I'm watching one. that. It's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's my that's my Criterion pick this week. Like um, yeah. So um, uh, I know nothing about it. Um, I don't even remember what the prompt was, but that's what I will be watching. The director. So, uh, Oh, is it the director? I can't pronounce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. And we're both going to we'll all be watching Silverline. Or we did watch them. We're watching Rachel Getting Married yeah. next week. Anne Hathaway. We um, know a Rachel that we watched get married. So yeah. True. Yes. That's, that's very true. <laughs> um, bring out the half the haters. I don't know. Are there still half the haters anymore? Uh, <laughs> sure. I guess we had half the haters for uh, Wemez. That was like sort of the peak is like post Les Mis and her winning an Oscar. But I mm-hmm. think that I think that like that has died down. At least I hope so. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Well, John, thanks for joining us. Anything you want to plug? Any? Are you still doing any podcasts or anything like that? Um, yeah, you can still catch me on. It's a pictures podcast. Um, probably going to be jumping on with Sammy Chester on There Will Be Pod later this year. Nice. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm around chatting 
sports and 32 fans chat and nice I know else. sports and uh, a lot of not and whatever else really. yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> other shenanigans really, really, especially right now not much sports for yeah uh, not too, too much yeah uh, <laughs> Brenda do you like fishing or golf more <laughs> definitely golf okay golf all right um, the and guy. yeah, the, the uh, there will be pod. That's a good reminder. I didn't plug it last week, but I was on there will be pod. Jim Crumley and yeah, I were, both right. were on for this month because I actually saw a whole bunch of new movies. So I was able to go yeah. on that podcast. Um, so that was a fun discussion. So, nice. uh, all right. Well, John, thanks for joining us. And uh, we will have you back in 90 episodes or so. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. All right, cool. You know, it ain't easy. You've got to hold on. She was an unknown legend in her time. <laughs> now she's dressing two kids, looking for a magic kiss. She gets the far away look in her eyes. All right, so we like to close things out at the end. We do little post credits with some, uh, some best letterbox reviews. Um, do you have one up for me already? Uh, well, we already read yours, but we have a. Uh, this is from Diana. Tag yourself. I'm pa- tag yourself. I'm Patrick getting angry at his book and throwing it out the window. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, that was a three star review from her. Uh, this is a good one. We didn't touch on this at all. We didn't touch on the diner scene. But Sam yeah. says, imagine trying to prove to someone else that you aren't actually crazy by going out to dinner with them, but then you order raisin bran. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. yeah. The little the little box of raisin bran. Um, I don't know what's worse, though, ordering raisin bran or ordering tea when you're out for a I just, uh, both. I just love how bad. like yeah. she caused like such a scene, um, and then storms out, and then as he's chasing after her, the waitress like stops him with the bill, presumably yeah. for one tea bag and one small box of raisin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and all the dishes that they broke. Um, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amaya says, uh, bitches be like, ha ha, yes, love will cure severe mental illness. That's how it works. Uh, only <laughs> for Amaya. And then we're closing things out with our buddy Mac. And he had a three and a half star review from 2019. And he says, I feel like I better understand Eagles fans now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably he's a, fair. Uh, he's a Washington uh, football team. And, oh, okay. Uh, and also a Titans fan as well. Those two are his. What a combo! Fan. Yeah. Well, he grew up in Tennessee and he lives in DC now, so he okay. definitely uh, loves the Titans award. Yes. Uh, he's also a Predators and uh, Caps fan as well. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah. Pick a lane, man. <laughs> hey, it's like it's like the guy was on Survivor. Pick a city, man. Owen, that was uh, Commanders oh, and right. Saints. And Saints? Yeah. I think it's just if you're a Commanders fan, that you, you just can't. can't that can't be your only team. You have yeah, to have, you yes. have to have another team. That might be that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 